0: Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast, (laughs) an in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian.
1: Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I am so excited to get this started. We get to talk about new Star Wars today. I'm proud to be joined by my co host. How are you doing tonight, Katie?
0: Words making, talking, doing, having opinions, maybe feelings, so many feelings. I'm fine. How are you?
1: We just uh, went through a whirlwind of emotions and on a roller coaster that I don't think either of us expected.
0: No. Gosh, um, that commercial where Luke said, this is not going to go the way you think. I mean, I believed him. I was like, okay, this isn't going to go the way I think. But I didn't know it was going to go completely banana. <laughs> that movie was Bananas! There were so many times I was just sitting there going, What? 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 Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Moon Jockeys. We're all fine here. How are you? Uh,
1: yeah, like, it. it definitely takes a while to gather your thoughts to make a cohesive sentence to express your emotions after watching all that. It was just...
0: I don't think... I don't think this movie was a cohesive sentence. Like, no. <laughs> oh, I thought it was wonderful. No. It, was, it was absolutely wonderful. It really was. And I, do, I, I don't I do want to mislead anybody and make them think that I didn't like it or that I, I think it was too all over the place. I actually think that this movie was really thematically consistent and it knew what it wanted to do and what it wanted to say. But the way it got from point A to point B was a long crazy journey with some random sightseeing things I did not expect oh my gosh And yeah instead of just drawing a straight line from point A to point B this thing completely zigzagged and did loop-de-loops I, and I'm still reeling from it all you know I get motion sick okay (laughs) me too you can't (laughs) you can't throw me for too many loops I mean you can but I'm gonna be real dizzy when I get off that ride I'm gonna need to sit down eat a churro okay (laughs) oh my gosh well we'll try to take
1: this very slowly and get uh (laughs) just try to share what we think about it the best we can and Mm -hmm. uh, this doesn't have to be the be all end all on what we have to say about it but uh
0: oh no gosh i feel we're gonna be talking about this for the next two years honestly (laughs)
1: it's yeah how, how was your experience seeing it for the first time
0: my experience was wonderful. Uh, sadly, I did not get to cosplay. I was really excited to wear my new Jin cosplay to the premiere of this movie because, you know, the Final First was there. There was just like a ton of people wearing fun outfits, and I too wanted to join the fun. But sadly, I got out of work really, really late. I was supposed to be out of work by like 2 p.m. for yeah. a 7 o'clock movie. Yeah, like plenty of time to go home, take a deep breath, change my clothes, eat dinner. I did not get out of work till six thirty. Oh, for a seven o'clock movie? Yeah, so I went straight from work to the theater. It, yeah, yep. That's... And and honestly, yeah. If it's between wearing cosplay and catching the movie, I'd rather go catch the movie. Yeah, sorry. I understand. Yeah, but the but the theater itself was great. There were not a lot of screaming kids around me, which is, I'm sorry, that's something I worry about. I know Star Wars is for kids, and I got to share Star Wars with kids, but I really hate it if somebody brings a really, really little kid to a late movie, and that kid just is up too late and is talking through the whole thing. Nah, so lucky me, mostly adults all around me, uh, well-behaved children. <laughs> I sound like such a funny daddy, y'all. time. <laughs> those kids out of my theater no (laughs) and uh, and then everybody around me was also super fun everybody cheered everybody laughed it it was it was a good good crowd good experience uh what about you brian
1: oh it was good i it was uh all hands on deck inner circle uh everyone was involved i had one close friend come over to watch zoe um, nice And yeah. then two other close friends came, Went with me to go watch it And then I had my wife and my in-laws uh, So we kind of had a big party um, And we got to the theater A little, a lot later than I had wanted But um, it all worked out We got there like about 15 minutes before showtime And we were all in our seats before, When it started So it was yeah, Very good
0: Yeah That sounds nice.
1: (laughs) My theater was very, like, subdued. Oh. I I don't know if it's just uh, the part of the country I live in or whatever, but... Oh, it could be. There wasn't a whole lot of cheering.
0: Okay. I mean, to be fair, I feel like I start a lot of it. I feel like sometimes I'm the first person to cheer or the first person to applaud because I'm very... I'm very engaged in the movie I'm watching, and if something big happens, I react to it. Of course, I say all this just after being like, I don't want small kids in my theater. They talk too much. (laughs) And then there's me, you know, (laughs) Leia appears on screen, and I'm like, woo, woo. But, you know, as soon as I, like, start clapping, I feel like lots of people around me start clapping, too. Like, they kind of just get into it. So maybe maybe it's just you need more katies in your theater, you need more people to start the ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man.
1: And the movie got me so emotional, like mm-hmm. I did I yeah. My wife wow. said I cried through the whole thing, but I only oh, no. I only claimed to have cried 5 times. But
0: Oh wow, did you like <laughs> shed actual tears or was or were your tears on the inside? Oh
1: no, they I was weeping at points. Oh,
0: yeah. Same. Oh my gosh, same. The
1: biggest surprise yeah. in the weeping was Paige. Like Wow, right? Paige yeah. made me cry and like I was not expecting that at all. Like Okay, we'll get into that later, but
0: Oh no! Let's get into it now. Let's get. (laughs) I want to hear why Paige made you cry, or you think she made you cry.
1: Okay, so I thought that Paige was going to be a total throwaway character, not a throw. I thought she was just going to die, minor, Mm -hmm. minor character, Mm -hmm. where she was going to die and motivate um, Rose for. It's pretty obvious we're going to talk about the Last Jedi in this episode. So there's definitely going to be a lot of spoilers if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, tread lightly or turn oh, back. Oh gosh,
0: yeah, and turn listen yeah to turn, this later. <laughs> turn back now, all ye spoiler phobes. I I didn't even realize we had to throw out a spoiler warning. I thought it was kind of implied <laughs> in the last Jedi discussion. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I think obviously in in our episode description we'll say spoilers. But yes, if you somehow <laughs> made it I this far. Seen it. And you don't want spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Just turn back now. So I wasn't <laughs> expecting
1: much from Rose at all. And then mm-hmm. like when it came to the the movie, you have this gigantic space battle basically where the resistance are trying to take out the dreadnought and they have the bombers trying to make a bomb run, but all the rest of the bombers blow up and so Paige is the only one left. Her pilot's dead, and she's like just a gunner in the bomber. So she has to open the bombing bay to deploy the bombs. And like, it totally felt like a Forces of Destiny moment where small things done by people can have a huge impact.
0: And yeah. like, it was her choice. Yeah. Yeah. It like, was, it and just, it seemed just, like such a small thing, you know, pressing the button. But it was a big thing. (laughs) Oh, my
1: gosh, it was. And it, like, took out the dreadnought. And and along with it, it took her out. But, like, it was such a beautiful, small, heroic moment for a minor character. Like, to spend that amount of time with that amount of, like, story, it it just really moved me. And um, to think of Rose as her sister... When they had the matching necklaces or the comp- the complimentary necklaces, um, it, it was just so beautiful, and I, I loved that part a lot.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Paige was wonderful. I am sad we didn't get to see her with Rose. Uh, you know that I've complained before about how we have these strong women, but they so rarely get to interact, and we have two sisters who never share screen time together and obviously Rose and Paige meant a lot to each other and yet they're islands they never meet and that's that's really really sad to me yeah. and I'm also sad that we didn't really get to hear much from Rose obviously she she did a lot but she didn't get any lines so I actually like I dug out my little uh, force link ro- uh, page let's oh there she is <laughs> let's see what she has to say right yeah sure <laughs> she doesn't say any of this in the movie. <laughs> we have to tackle the first order head on. <laughs> that does sound, oh, that all sounds like stuff she would say. Oh, Paige. <sighs> Gone too soon. I, I look Damn. forward to seeing her in like expanded material. I'm sure she'll show up in, if not in Forces of Destiny, then in, you know, comics or something. Like, or maybe even Pose comic. You know what? Yeah, I could see her showing up in Pose comic. Yeah, it was
1: just that that just really caught me off guard and like I when I'm a spoiler fiend and so like when you went offline I ate up everything that came out in that time and so in the last two weeks before the movie almost all of the plot came out so I, I was spoiled finally satisfactorily wow yeah so I kind of knew everything that was going to happen before it happened And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the way I, I enjoy going into it. Um, yeah, you do you,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you feel prepared. Yeah,
1: that Exactly. I feel prepared that I know what's going to happen. So I'm not taken off guard. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Um, It's almost like, like packing a, like a survival kit for a long journey. You know, you, you have all your supplies going into this movie, you're, you know, you're armed in a way to face what, you know, to face the movie going into it. (laughs) And I get that. I do like Star Wars is such a big emotional investment. You do want to go in. uh, Some people at least want to go in guarded. Um, I, I like to go in not knowing anything and I'm so glad that I did. Everything hit me so much harder since I was experiencing it new. And gosh, I was, I was not expecting so much of that. So much of that caught me off guard. I don't even know where to begin, honestly.
1: Can we begin oh. with your favorite guy?
0: Hot uh, Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> that guy? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm assuming you're not talking about Maul. He no, did not. No, no, his, it, it, his no. His cameo was brief and only noticed by me, in that I probably imagined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure what happened to Snoke was an homage to Darth Maul. Like,
1: (laughs) oh man, there it is. (laughs) Spoilers.
0: (laughs) We're not, we're not gonna shout spoilers for this whole episode, Brian. I just, I don't have time. All right, I ain't got time for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, were you satisfied with Poe?
0: I was so satisfied with Poe. I want to like just run up to everybody that said that Poe was a throwaway character. Poe is a nothing character. People wondering, like, why Poe deserves to be in the new trio. You know, like, if we have Han, Luke, and Leia, then mm. they're like, where does Poe fit into that? They're all like, oh, maybe Kylo is the third of our trio. It's Rey, Finn, and Kylo. And I'm like, no, you guys, it's Poe. I want to run up to all of them and just, like, shh, grind their faces into this movie. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds unkind. But I just I feel so vindicated. Like, Poe got so much to do and he had such a strong arc and he has become such a strong character and such a good leader and a worthy successor to Leia. He's he's everything. He he is everything he was supposed to be and everything I wanted him to be. Just Poe, (laughs) Poe,
1: like he seriously had my third favorite arc in this whole movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of arcs. Okay, that's fair. Like, he he
1: had one of the strongest arcs at all. Like, Mm -hmm. and he had the most growth, I think, in this movie. Gosh, yeah. going from a uh, trigger-happy flyboy to trying to learn what it means to be a leader in the rebellion. And, like, you totally called it where the like the foster child of Leia sort of kind of mm-hmm. um the yeah. adopted protégé. protégé like Leia took Poe under her wing and he was you her totally padawan. see it <laughs> in this in yeah. this movie how she's trying to groom him into becoming a leader for the rebellion and it's yeah. it was so beautiful and
0: I think in a lot of ways uh Poe was her padawan in like that, that traditional Jedi sense, he he's that one kid that he that she decided to invest in, and really took as her own. Like Poe was Leia's Padawan, and it was he, be- and I think yeah. Beautiful. By the end of this movie, he's knighted. You know, he's <laughs> yeah, like uh yeah. What were you saying?
1: Like the fact that she's so hard on him proves how much she cares about him and is invested Mm -hmm. in what he becomes. I think like it's your hardest on the ones you love. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like when she slaps him, when he's just disobeyed orders, trying to do his own thing, Mm -hmm. she tries to teach him a lesson of at what cost do you you, you accomplish your mission? And that plays out later on. Like, it, they they laid so many, the groundwork for his art beautifully of, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then, I
0: love that he learned from two women. Yeah, You know, did. both Holdo and Leia taught him what he needed by the end of this movie, and it was so good. I really do feel like in that traditional Jedi master and apprentice sense, by the end of this movie, Poe has completed his trials and he's now a knight he's you know he's taken a real leadership role and has been able to not surpass his master you know if leia is his master but he can at least move forward and you know he's a knight and he can become a jedi master like just in that way (laughs) you know
1: and yeah Mm -hmm. totally like he, yeah, he has grown and he has learned so much from also Holdo. Like, they used Holdo
0: mm-hmm.
1: perfectly in this movie, in my opinion. Like, I thought her character was so strong and well thought out and but, like, still caring and purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's the one that starts the we will be the spark that lights the Flame the of the fire, the fire yeah. of the rebellion. hmm. Um that will burn the first order or whatever. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, she ignites that spark in Poe and he's able to carry it forward. And I just um yeah, the part where uh Poe's giving orders and then they all look at Leia and she says, Well, what are you looking at me for? Follow oh him. Gosh, that yes. was she was absolutely passing the torch on to Poe and he is the one who will carry her story forward. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And just, yeah, speaking of Holdo, she said, yeah, she said two things that I think are really important to this movie, like as a whole, not just as her character or as part of um, Poe's arc, but as part of the theme of this movie and even this new saga. She says that uh, everywhere in the galaxy, the downtrodden know our symbol and it gives them hope. And then That's what we see happen between Rose and the small boy on Canto Bight. She shows him the symbol, Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the movie, he has it. Mm -hmm. So even though the rebellion looks like it's only these, you know, handful of people on the Millennium Falcon, you know, they they've put out their distress signal and nobody has responded, but of course they did because all of the downtrodden know their symbol mm-hmm. and and kind of like Luke said to think that you know that the force dies with the jedi is vanity and to think that hope dies with the rebellion is vanity you know of course hope lives on because it it's it it, pre- it pre- prevails it pre- endures yeah. through all of it like oh my gosh that was amazing and and then Holdo said something else where where she quoted Leia where she said you know um if you uh only believe in the sun when it's shining, then you'll never make it through the night, right, yeah. which is, yeah, that's precisely what happens by the end of this movie. You know, darkness has fallen, but that's okay because, you know, again, the sun will rise. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, man. Oh, man, Holdo.
1: <laughs> and she had a, like, when Le was explaining what Hola's sacrifice did in staying behind mm-hmm. and how she cared about the others as, as opposed to seeking glory for herself. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say and that's what makes her heroic because he kind of he, he has a he wants to I feel like Poe has an inner desire an inner fire to be the hero. He wants to to be the hero. So like uh, he kind of wants to do the flashy things, but I think I don't in think that that's moment fair
0: to yeah, Lando's
1: teaching I him that sometimes doing the not flashy thing is what makes you heroic.
0: Well, I think I don't think that's fair to Poe. I don't think Poe wants to do flashy things and get accolades and awards. And he's not doing it. He doesn't really care when he's demoted. He's not doing this for promotions. He's that. That was Anakin's more of Anakin's thing. Anakin was the more about pursuing. Uh, titles and prestige and doing, you know, big flashy things. You know, you know Po <laughs> Anakin's just going to jump out of this car because it looks cool. You know, mm-hmm. I think Poe, yeah, he wants to do the heroic thing insofar as he always wants to help. He wants to get the job done. And he is always like, I can do this. I can do this. You know, just give us a shot. We can do it. But that's not always true. Sometimes we fail and sometimes It, it, you know, what Hulda was doing looked like an act of of treachery, you know, running away, you know, maybe even putting, surrendering and putting everybody in danger that looked cowardly. Mm -hmm. And so Poe couldn't accept that. And it wasn't because, oh, I'm not going to get accolades out of this. It was because he, he felt like it was giving up and that's not heroic to him.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you like Poe's comedic moments with
0: Hux? Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. Poe's so funny, and I'm glad they're letting Poe be a funny guy. I kind of like turning Hux into... Not not necessarily the butt of the joke, but... Oh, he I like, was
1: the butt of the joke. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like having humor around him. I, I When I say I don't like him being the butt of the joke, I mean I, I don't necessarily enjoy watching Hux be made a fool of sure. because I know that it's just like... Fanning the fire like Hux is gonna get his Hux knows how to bide his time and he knows Right when to strike because as we learned in the phasma novel and a bit in the aftermath novels Hux eventually was able to kill his father who abused and tormented him But Hux bided his time until he could finally have that shot and kill his father like Yeah, Hux is gonna get his against Kylo and it's gonna be real bad I, and Hux might even get his against the Resistance. I mean, I'm not, I'm not fully sure of that because you know the the First Order has pretty much grind the Resistance underneath its heel. So I don't think uh, there's much you know payback Hux can get for being humiliated at Poe's hand. But I don't know. That seeing Kylo smack Hux around and yeah, it's kind of funny, but also it makes me uncomfortable because I know like Hux can bite his time and. uh, It's not going to be pretty when he gets his
1: Mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) Um, Oh, I lost my place
0: Oh, no worries What was uh, your standout moment of the film? Oh
1: This little green guy that
0: appeared again
1: Yeah Oh, I know it's such a surprised but um, <laughs> when yoda like do you see the back of yoda's head i just squealed and started sobbing
0: oh, No, no yeah
1: um it's so much so that it was i may have missed part of what he says at the beginning because i think he he brought back the funny laugh like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the uh The the Dagobah laugh. Um, Yeah, his
0: like little. He's kind of unhinged and kind of delighting in your suffering a little bit. Laugh. Absolutely,
1: (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. So that laugh. (laughs) I love the fact that Yoda comes back and he still calls Luke Skywalker Young Skywalker, like because he'll always be his Padawan. Do you know what I mean? And he still Uh has a lot to teach Luke about what it means to be a mentor, and when you start talking about what it means to be a mentor and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it was just so perfect for my heart. Like he, basically the lesson was the greatest um, teacher is failure. Like yeah. we want to pass on our strength and our wisdom to our um, Padawans and people we teach, but we also passed on our weaknesses and our, our own failures. And oftentimes the people we teach are often going to repeat our history but the thing we have to teach them the most is how to learn from failure and become better as a result of that so that they learn from the, for themselves um and that they're not dependent upon a teacher do you know what i mean
0: mhm that was and it was so smart it was so Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way to say it than thematically consistent because it was just all strung together so well because Luke kept looking at his own failures, and then he was also saying that the legacy of the Jedi was failure. And Yoda just comes in and says, well, that's okay. I kind of taught you about the Jedi failure for a reason. Like, Yeah, the Jedi failed. They failed epically. And they became stronger for it. Obi-Wan and Yoda were way better Jedi after the Order fell, after they failed. Yeah. Like, boom, my mind. Just <laughs> all of it. The, wow. The, the,
1: the fact that Luke thinks that he's going to destroy the forestry and the ancient Jedi text, like he thinks that wiping out the teachings of the Jedi will prevent this from happening again. But mm-hmm. I think that Yoda knows that the texts are no longer in the tree, which is why I feel like Yoda causes the lightning to hit it, to set the fire on itself already. Sure. Because he, Yoda knows that, I think Ray has taken the text and put it in the Falcon before mm-hmm. prior we saw to them. any of that stuff. Yeah, um, we saw them. We saw yeah. them on the Falcon,
0: yeah.
1: So, like, Yoda knows that Luke can't do anything by setting the tree on fire, but it will feel better for him. So he just sets yeah. the tree on fire himself.
0: Yeah. Whether or not Yoda knows, I'm not convinced that Yoda knows, uh, but I, I really do think either way, Yoda was okay with letting it go. And he was just like, oh, Luke, you're not, you have to let go of this. You you know, it, it had become more of an anchor for him. It was holding him back. Yeah. He was clinging too hard to, the legend really he he kept talking about how the jedi were deified in you know since their are passing and you know they they're this legend now but they can't the jedi what they really were can't live up to the legend of them just the same way he can't live up to the legend of it but then at the same time i think he he kept thinking you know maybe i'll figure this out maybe i can will be this legend maybe you know, all of this will start making sense to me. And, and the Jedi can be this legendary thing again. You know, he's like, there has to be something here worth saving, but it was tearing him up inside. And so Yoda's just like, no, just let it go. Just let go of it. And it was so good.
1: How did you feel about getting basically three different perspectives on what happened the night between Luke and Ben?
0: I think it's important to show all the different points of view. You know, so that you understand where everybody's coming from. So I liked it a lot. I am kind of, I'm really disappointed in Luke that he, uh, you know, pulled a lightsaber on Ben. And I, I don't think Ben owes him forgiveness, you know, I and I, I am glad that Luke apologized. He was like, I failed you, Ben, and I'm really sorry. And then Kylo says, you know, just shouts back, well, I bet you are, cause like, uh, yeah, sure, now you're sorry, look what all that's happened. Yeah, now you're sorry that you tried to kill me. But it's kinda hard to forgive someone who literally tries to kill you. But then at the same time, since we know Luke and we've been with Luke for so long, we know that he would never really do it. So of course we as an audience, we're, we're gonna be more sympathetic to Luke but if I just look at, at it from Kylo's point of view and I just look at it from, you, you know, he he hasn't spent all this time with Luke the way we have, of yeah. course he believes that Luke would kill him. Like, that's just, it's so heartbreaking. It's so hard. I just want to, like, sit them down and be like, okay, both of you, deep breath. <laughs> it's it's hard. <laughs> we can hard. work this out. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's because hard. Because life can be yeah. so
1: emotional at times, and our emotions can be triggered without before we even know that they're triggered Mm -hmm. i I do think that it's authentic to say that there is a moment in luke's life where he did consider or he wanted to kill ben to try to prevent more death like i think that that's reasonable
0: i mean he did the same thing to vader yeah when vader threatened to go after leia luke went off on vader and that was the scariest moment in the OT for me, was seeing Luke go off like that. And so, yeah, I could see him if if he, you know, sees a real force vision of what's going on in Kylo's mind and sees the death of everything and everyone he loves. You know, maybe he even saw the death of Han, since that's something that actually happened.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah, I could see Luke going off for just a hot second before he, you know, looks at his metal hand and goes, oh, wait, this isn't me. Like, it's not at all out of character for Luke to have that, that raw, like, instinctual gut reaction of, no, I have to strike you down. Right. But uh, it's it's so just heartbreaking that that's the way that I had to shake out.
1: <laughs> and uh, it's kind of unfortunate at that exact moment that he's feeling that, that his Padawan is looking him dead square in the eyes, so he kept he takes in that emotion, and mm-hmm. that has consequences, like... It, it, I think it explains Ben's fall perfectly, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna read you something that I actually wrote down. Uh, I I texted this earlier today. Ugh, I want to find the text because <laughs> I really liked it. I thought I thought what I wrote. You know, I'm, I'm like oh, oh, proud of myself. <laughs> Let me see here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, it was about, um, the, the little, the little boy at the end of, of the movie. And this ties into kind of what we're talking about, about Luke and him being a legend and trying to live up to it and everything. And just how that scene at the end, um, you know, we, we see a little boy. I wasn't sure what I saw the first time I watched this movie, but the second time I, I know that little boy grabbed the broom with the force. Right. He force pulled it to himself. Like yep. I, the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, did I, did I pick, did I imagine that? Or did, was that actually real? No, it happened. <laughs> so that little boy is force sensitive, picks up the broom. And I feel like that scene's really important because it ties the whole movie together. Like, Wow, I get a lot out of that scene. It's probably my favorite in the whole movie. Um, So I wrote about this scene. Um, That little boy is Rey. He is no one from nowhere, but he hears the stories of Luke Skywalker and gains strength from it. Rey was right, right when she said that the galaxy needs a legend, but she was wrong to think that she needed a legend to lift her up and make her someone. And Luke, I think, was frustrated with the fact that he couldn't live up to his own legend because if he couldn't be Luke Skywalker, then no one could. But he learns to be nothing more or less than Luke Skywalker, flaws and all. And he stops looking to his own legend and starts looking at who he is. And it turns out that he's exactly who he needs to be.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Thanks, yeah. Like, that... Yeah, that meant a lot to me. This Just, yeah, seeing that little boy, he he seemed to culminate the whole movie for me. Because, you know, not only is he listening to the Luke legend of Luke Skywalker and gaining strength from it, but he also gain strength from the symbol of, of the rebellion. And he's looking up at the night sky and you can tell he's waiting for sunrise. He still believes in the sun. Like, uh, yeah. The sun will <laughs> rise tomorrow. And yeah, the sun will rise tomorrow. And just, yeah, the idea that he, this little boy, he's no one you know we're not all going to sit around i mean maybe we will but we ideally we won't all sit around for the next decade saying oh is that kid you know secretly luke skywalker's son you know who are his parents he's for sensitive so he must have special parents right no like like ray he's no one from nowhere and he gains strength from the legend of luke skywalker he needs that hope and that ideal to look up to but he doesn't need that legend to lift him up he can be his own hero and that's what ray learns and then that's what we see that's what i saw in this little boy and i think that's what luke learned too is that he doesn't need to live up to his own legend he is exactly who he needs to be
1: did you like what they did with ray and her parents
0: i loved it I, it was exactly what i wanted i i didn't want her to be anyone's descendant i didn't want Ray's power to be attributed to some dead white guy that we, you know, that we already know the story of. You know, like we already know Obi Wan's story, we already know Luke and Anakin's story, and Ray's power doesn't need to come from them. Her power can just be all her own. And so, of course, her parents are no one. And so, you know, when when it's Luke asks her, "What's special about you?" Yeah well, what, what's special about her is that she's Rey, <laughs> and she's just Rey, it goes and back that's to pretty. What
1: Yoda says?
0: Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> damn special. Honestly, being Rey, that's pretty pretty darn special. Like, wow, you, I loved it. Do
1: you think yeah. that Rey is like a counterpoint to the expectations that Kylo Ren had, like coming from the his bloodline versus being a new no one?
0: I think so, yeah, I think obviously they're they're really meant to parallel each other, um you know, Kylo, who has all the expectations put on him, and Ray, who has none at all, but at the same time, they're looking for the same thing they're they are both looking for these legends to lift them up and make them special, but for Kylo, it's more of a prerequisite
1: <laughs> I, I got like some yeah. serious yin and yang stuff going on, mm-hmm. especially during the. Confrontation with Snoke, like, Mm -hmm. like Ben is supposed to be the dark side um, Mm -hmm. person, but when he's confronted with Snoke, I see benevolence in his face and his facial expressions, Mm -hmm. where like he's doing it out of trying to do something that he believes in, but like when I see Ray in those similar confrontations with Snoke I see a ton of anger and Mm -hmm. so like it feels like they're having the opposite emotion for what side of the force they're using do you know what I mean
0: sure yeah well I think Jedi are capable of anger um maybe even righteous anger sometimes (laughs) you know and and the Sith are capable of of calm I think the the dark and the light do balance each other and they are capable of each other's feelings sometimes. You know, when you look at, at the you know, the wheel of the force, that symbol with the light and the dark, there yeah. is that dot of light in the dark and the dark dot of black in the light side. So yeah, they're both capable of each other. And I think I think Snoke was really quite onto to something when he said that as Kylo rises, you know so will his equal in the light. and I think they are directly tied. Um, I've heard some people speculate that um, that Ray and Kylo's bond was completely fabricated by Snoke. I don't think that's accurate because at the end of the film, they it's strongly, had. yeah, they still have their bond. It's strongly implied that Kylo and Ray are looking at each other again mm-hmm. and, and Snoke's dead by that point. So I'm, I'm, Snoke may have heightened that bond or, or forced the connection when, you know, Ray and Kylo weren't aware of it. Yeah. But that bond is still there. I think it's been there for quite some time.
1: Did you like the uh, bond scenes? Like,
0: we got like, what, four of those, I think? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They were amazing. I couldn't believe they were real. I couldn't believe they were happening as I was watching it. Oh my gosh! What did you think of those?
1: I loved it. I I did. Yeah. I loved it, and I think that they were they were intimate. Like uh-huh. my my wife and I talked about yeah. it, and like just the force touch, like touching each other's hand in the force, holding hands in the force. Yeah, like that that was very. That seemed very intimate. As I put it, I think it was almost like making out yeah <laughs> on the oh first date because it was just so intimate and tender and like kind of powerful in my opinion
0: oh yeah I was completely blown away by that scene it was really powerful and I I couldn't believe that just them touching hands had more chemistry and fire to me than so many of Anakin and Padme's interactions like there was yeah there was so much in just how they were reaching for each other it it was powerful and I was genuinely heartbroken when Luke interrupted them. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, they're figuring things out. Let them let them keep pursuing this so that they can talk I just oh my gosh. I I just want them to sit down and talk. Like that's all I ever want, I think, out of any of my characters. <laughs> like I just I just want them to be able to sit down and have like a good hour and a half of conflict resolution. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. so just yeah just that they were sitting together and having an open shockingly honest conversation was so good and when luke interrupted them he was you know he's basically c3po let's be real oh, yeah. <laughs> he was definitely
1: um blocking the chemistry
0: uh yeah. Are like you...
1: she asked him straight up why did you kill your father in like that is, like, she was so vulnerable, and mm-hmm. then it called him out to be vulnerable, and like, it was just beautifully done. The those interactions when they were talking in the forest, like, I, I, I don't think that there's any denial now in Raylo. Like,
0: <gasps> so you're shipping it? You're shipping it?
1: I think that Raylo is a thing. Yay! I think that somehow <laughs> they legitimately are going to have a romantic relationship and because opposites attract in mm-hmm. chemistry like
0: yeah there was there was a lot of chemistry and i yes i i'm i'm all in i am all in on raylo now that we know that they're not related i i i'm here for this just drown me in raylo feels do it <laughs> send me all your raylo fan art <laughs> okay Oh, yes. I, I am so shipping it. And again, just watching their interactions unfold before me, like going into the movie, not knowing that all this was going to happen. I I couldn't breathe. I could not <laughs> believe that it was happening. You like, couldn't but breathe? Then- I couldn't breathe, but then, like, because it was so intimate and so tender, the way they were reaching out for each other. And then, like, there's this random scene where she walks in on him naked. Like, okay. He wasn't <laughs> naked. He was shirtless. I, know. I He didn't have
1: was... the beefcake going on. like.
0: But he had just clearly walked out of the shower. I mean, come on. And and she's, like, uncomfortable with how hot he is. Like, come on. They, they have such a... It's so intimate. Like... But um, where was I going with this? But then at the same time, as I was watching, there was something in the back of my head going, Please don't be related. Please don't be related. Like I couldn't, I could not give myself to it until I knew for a fact that they weren't related. And then, you know, uh, after Snoke is dead, after all the Praetorian guards are dead, Kylo's like, he's like, oh, join me. And she's like, I can't. He's like, oh, but you know the truth about your parents, right? I was like, oh, no, they're related. Oh, no, they're related. And he's like, say it. Go on, say it. And then she said, they're nobody. I, like, exhaled in relief. Like, oh, thank God. Thank goodness they're not related. And so I've now seen the movie a second time. I was able to enjoy those, you know, intimate scenes a lot more. (laughs) I've been released from my bonds (laughs) I'm free. I'm free.
1: Her parents are uh, not so great. They were junk scavengers that sold her for water. Like that just.
0: Oh, man. Yep. No, not great. So
1: a lot of fandom are really upset that uh, we've spent two solid years on two questions that mean nothing. Yeah. Uh, Who are Ray's parents and who is Snoke? Both of those questions mean nothing.
0: Yeah, they mean nothing to these movies because it's not what these movies are about. It's not what these characters are about. Nobody's saying that those questions aren't worth asking, and nobody's saying that those questions aren't worth answering. Just not in this movie, It, and maybe not even in the next movie, because it does not matter. Whose parents were does not matter to her journey moving forward, and who Snoke was does not matter to Kylo's story moving forward. We have just done away with them, and we're all just moving on ahead. And honestly, I I feel a lot freer. I feel like neither of these characters are going to be bogged down by those questions, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it so much.
1: I think that the biggest thing that those questions gave us was... I think Star Wars fandom interacted a lot more about that and had something interesting to talk about and debate. Sure. Um
0: and that's valuable. Yeah, that's valuable. Nobody's dismissing any of that, you know? Yeah. I just um I just I feel like a lot of stuff could get bogged down if we got changed to it, if we got so wrapped up in wondering who raised parents are and what that could mean, we start ignoring who Ray is and who she could be moving forward. And the same goes with Kylo. I feel so much better now that Snoke isn't hanging over him and hanging over... The the episode nine, really, there's so much more that can be done with his character. And also, it allows us to stop making excuses for Kylo, quite honestly. You know, so many people were like, oh, well, it's Snoke. Kylo's not responsible because Snoke is manipulating him. Well, Snoke's gone, and now Kylo's choices are his own. And I think that's really interesting and really important moving into the next movie. There's no more excuses for him. He's responsible for his own actions.
1: He's still a little bit of a whiny brat.
0: Yeah, I mean, like point he's all Kylo. guns
1: at uh, Luke mm-hmm. and fire and keep firing or bring down that garbage or that junk.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he's got—he's
1: still, got, still ruled by his emotions.
0: Yeah, he's still letting his anger control him, and um, and I think that was point, part of like Ray shutting the door in his face at the end of the movie. He's still got stuff to figure out for him self and it's not her job to save him it's not her job to pull him up out of his anger and his wallowing and all of that he needs to figure some of this stuff out for himself yeah you know yeah and um kind of like the the lightsaber that connected them the lightsaber that has been torn in two i feel like Raylo can be mended and and will be mended if that makes sense, I I think the lightsaber represents them. The Skywalker saber represents really? them. Yeah, I think it's going to be forged into something new, and that Raylo will, will prevail <laughs> in in Episode Nine. And I feel the it.
1: Skywalker line will continue.
0: Well, sure. Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> um, the
0: solo line.
1: <laughs> did you like the way they took out Snoke?
0: I did. I loved it. I was not expecting it, but I loved it. Uh, like I just said, the fact that Snoke isn't hanging over the the rest of the the end of the trilogy is so good. I feel I feel free. Like this movie set me free. It it absolved me from thinking that Rayla was incestuous. <laughs> it set me free from Snoke. It set me free from all of the expectations that people had for Ray's parentage. Like. Oh, I'm so free, I have ascended. <laughs> like, uh, what about you, were you disappointed? Were you excited? What What was going through your head?
1: Oh, I, um, I, I I liked it, I, I liked this story. Um, mm-hmm. I read about it before I saw it, and I knew it oh, was okay. coming.
0: <laughs> oh, so you, yeah, you knew Snoke was going down? Gotcha.
1: I I felt like I knew all the beats of the scene.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: <laughs> but like, so.
0: Well, did you think he was gonna get back up, or did you you oh, knew no, he was I, gone? I knew yeah. he was
1: cut in half, and that there was a scene with his tongue sticking out on the floor. So like. Blech.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a part of me though, a part of me though, kept waiting for him to like start cackling and. Pick himself up by his elbows and just be all like, "Oh, you thought it'd be that easy? Nah." I <laughs>
1: was glad that they gave him force sensitivity with the force lightning. Mm-hmm. At least he, that question's answered. Before, I think that the the death I want to see come back to life mm-hmm. is Phasma, and I think that yeah, she I'm totally not so sure about Phasma. Could
0: mm-hmm. I think she could? I also feel that, kind of like Boba Fett and Darth Maul before her, she is a character who will be very well-served and vindicated in expanded material, but the movies are done with her. Really? And I, I think, yeah, I think we are the poorer for it because she never really got her moment. She never really got to be anything really in the movies. I mean, she had of a course great
1: she, line in this. Yeah.
0: One. Yeah. She got the one. You know, which is really – that's all Boba Fett ever asked for. He just wanted to <laughs> – he means a lot. He's worth a lot to me. Like, <laughs> that's – oh, yeah. Bo- See, Boba Fett never asked for much. He just wanted to look cool and have, like, one good line, and then we rewarded him with all of our love and money and merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> like, so really, yeah, Phasma, Phasma got as much as Boba Fett, but I don't know. I expected more from her. I, I would like to see more from her, but my gut reaction is that the movies are done with her. The expanded material will vindicate her.
1: Did you like that she had a Darth Vader Twilight of the Apprentice moment when they cracked her helmet?
0: Yeah, that was cool. I kind of wanted to see just a little, just a little more Gwendolyn Christie face. Yeah, like just yeah, just, yeah. just a smidge. But I know that like part of Phasma's character is that she does not like people seeing her face and she will kill you if you see her face. Oh really? So, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that will be a thing. Like because Finn has seen part of her face, she, she'll be, she'll come back with even more of a vengeance, but I, I just don't see it happening because Finn has already defeated her and completed that part of his arc I don't see how it would serve Finn's character to defeat her again which at this point I think would be the only point of bringing Phasma back would be to have her fight Finn one last time but I just I don't see it I think there's other things to do with Finn's character I I think Phasma's done which, it, which frustrates me because I, I don't like that Phasma as a character in these films only ever existed to further Finn's arc. I hate it when female characters are used to, to further someone else's you know, a man's arc. That's, that's frustrating to me. But at the same time, I get it. You know, that you know, the bad guy's got to lose and the good guy's got to win. And Finn's as a character is more important than Phasma. It's just, it's just a frustration that I have in general.
1: You're not alone. I'm sure, like there's several people that are feel exactly the same way you do. Like I don't think that you're alone in that at all. Well. Um, I, I I I I am not. Mm-hmm. I I'm a, I think I'm okay with it just because I think it's a trope, and I think that some guys are used to further other characters in the same way if they're just sure. minor characters they're just that's it's kind of a trope he used in storytelling
0: i get that but when when a man dies to further another man's story arc that doesn't it, it these things aren't equivalent right. you know because, because one we yeah, yeah we have less females yes and and it's it is a trope you know, just look up fridging, you know, a fridged woman. It, it's such a thing in media for a man's story to begin when his wife dies. You know, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you, we sacrifice our female characters to uplift our male characters. And so when that happens in media, it, it just underscores that problem. And so it's not really equivalent when a female character dies to, to advance a male's uh, story versus a male dying to advance a male story it it's uh I, I do hear what you're saying it is a bit of a trope it's and I'm not saying that you know phasma dying is the you know worst offense ever I I'm just pointing it out because it it does uh it makes me think <laughs> you know
1: and that's valid like that I, mm-hmm. I, I get that so definitely yeah. don't want to downplay oh, yeah. that at all
0: mm-hmm.
1: did you um Can we talk about Rose? Yeah, let's talk about We were talking about Finn and uh, Phasma. Can we talk about Finn Mm -hmm. and Rose?
0: Yeah, and the most limp, nothing kiss in Star Wars ever. Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, you liked it. I take it. No,
1: I didn't. I I thought it was Uh, pretty uh, emotional.
0: Yeah, exactly. There was nothing in that kiss, and it did not feel earned to me. Like, no offense to anybody that ships it. If, if you ship it and you love it and you can't wait to see that relationship blossom, more power to you. Honestly, I would love to see anything with that relationship because I, I just didn't feel it in that movie. I don't really understand why Rose says that she loves Finn. Like, what about Finn makes her laugh? What about Finn makes her go, oh... That's the guy I want to be with. Because with with Luke, sorry, with uh, Leia and Han, you could always see they're, they're, they're push and pull. You know, sure, Rose and Finn argued a bit like Han and Leia did, but then you could also see moments where Leia was really drawn to Han and was, you know, impressed by his heroism and stuff. I never really quite saw that with Finn and Rose. I think. What about you?
1: Rose was a fangirl of Finn. Like, she had sure. heard what he had done on um, Starkiller Base. So, like, she was a fangirl of Finn. Like, she had heard he, he was a legend in her eyes. And I felt that the chemistry was there up until the point of the kiss. Like, I... Mm, yeah. like Especially the when they first meet, like, I did feel a lot of flirtation on Rose's half... Uh, mm-hmm. towards Finn. Yeah. And I felt like they had a nice journey on Canto Bite where they where Rose taught him stuff particularly about what makes Canto Bite go like run, like mm-hmm. the oppressed and the abusive animals and
0: yeah, all about how that.
1: war profits, the people that profit in in war is are the people that do the war profiteering, the sell mm-hmm. weapons. Yeah. Um and they sell the weapons to both the good side and the bad side. So it's not just that they're equipping the First Order. They're also equipping the Re- Resistance. And,
0: mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, they're profiting from pain and death. Exactly. But, I mean... in. Mean, uh... Yeah, I, I do appreciate their journey. And you're right, Rose starts as a fangirl of Finn. And so I could kind of see her liking him from that angle. But then kind of once she discovers who Finn really is, I felt like all of that glamour fell away. And she wasn't all that impressed with Finn and didn't like what she saw. I I never really saw a point where that turned around f- for her and she came to like Finn for who he is, yeah. if that makes sense. and And then when she kissed him, there was nothing, for, for me at least, from Finn's end. She she more like kind of just placed that kiss on him and yep. he sat there and didn't really know what to do. She might as well have patted him on the shoulder for all the reaction <laughs> it got out of Finn. And so for me, it was such a nothing kiss. And I, and I feel like Finn doesn't really feel that way about Rose. He does, I think, maybe have to... When you find out that somebody has a crush on you, you then have to like ask yourself oh would I could I maybe feel the same way about them you know what I mean I think that's where Finn's at with Rose. He's asking himself if he could maybe feel the same way for her exactly but yeah. i I don't feel like he does i th- I think he could but not now
1: I think them when they get back on the Falcon and he goes to the uh medical area like the bed basically. On the Falcon to check on Rose, I felt like there was some kind of like caring in that. Like, sure, there was a bit of tenderness. Yeah, he was trying to take care of her and make sure that she was looked after.
0: Yeah, there was there was a bit of tenderness. The way he kind of tucked her in, it it was not unlike when Leia tucked in Luke at the end of Empire. No, you know she she helps him into that bed. And if I'm not mistaken, Leia actually kisses Luke on the mouth after that. You know, when he comes back and he's missing his arm.
1: Are you telling it, me they kissed twice in Empire? Yeah, they
0: kissed twice oh in Empire. My gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm gonna pull up Empire and see if I'm not mistaken. Like, <laughs> no, seriously though. No, let's talk about. Bad enough. Yeah. Like, let's talk about people that have more chemistry than finn and rose like luke and leia have more chemistry i think they had a more they had a better kiss than finn and rose like when leia kissed luke in front of han just to tell off han like that kiss had something in it that had a little bit of spice a little bit of fire and (laughs) luke
1: thought he was hot stuff because he got kissed by a
0: girl yeah and uh okay, how about the part where uh Obi Wan looks down at Anakin's flaming corpse and says, uh, I loved you you're my brother, Anakin, I loved you. Like, yeah, I think they had more chemistry. That than- was not chemistry. <laughs> that was
1: that was <laughs> Come heartache
0: on. and Come on. heartbrokenness. Did you and I watch the same movie? Like, really? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh Okay, I have Empire up, and, okay, Luke is, he's stumbling into Leia's arms, she gives him a big hug. Like, you know, he's wearing his little blanket, because, you know, he was hanging off a of Bespin.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Now they have to escape. I'm waiting for the, for the part where she, like, tucks him into bed. Okay, but who while, while we're waiting for that, who else has more chemistry than, than Finn and Rose? <laughs> uh, does Storm- she does, yeah! She sure does. She kisses him right on the mouth. Yeah, oh she she tucks Luke into bed and kisses him on the mouth. I like...
1: just blocked it out of my memory because <laughs> I don't want to think about that.
0: Yeah, Luke and Leia kissed twice in Empire and also so yeah, Finn tucking Rose into bed was not unlike Leia tucking Luke into bed, except with like it was even more chaste somehow. Oh my like, gosh to me, Finn and Rose are more siblings than these actual siblings. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And I I feel so bad if anybody listening, like actually ships Finn and Rose and, and you're so excited to see their relationship blossom. Like, yeah, I'd be here for that. If I want, if they want to show me how this relationship could actually work in episode nine and, and give them more cute interactions and stuff like that. Like, I'm here for that. Make me make a shipper out of me. I will absolutely ship it. I just in this movie specifically, I don't feel it.
1: I thought that Kelly Marie Tran was delightful in the movie. Oh,
0: she though. was so cute. Oh, she was so cute. Oh, she was the best. Like, all oh, my love to Rose. <laughs> like, what was your favorite Rose part?
1: Um, when she asked Finn to look deeper in Canto Bite, like I, oh, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that that was.
0: Yeah, when, yeah like... and she she saved the fathiers, and then she says uh, now it was worth it. I mm-hmm. thought that was so important. That was so good, because uh, what Finn says right before that was, uh, this was worth it. it. It felt good to make them hurt, t- you know, to make them bleed, which I think at first, Rose would have agreed with him, because she says that when they first get to Count Bite, that she just wants to put her fist through the entire beautiful city. But Saving the Fothiers made Rose realize that, no, it's it's not enough just to make them hurt. It's not enough to fight what we hate. You have to say what you love. That's that's what makes it worth oh, it. That's oh, my difference.
1: gosh. That was the line that, mm-hmm. of hers that was just so perfect. Yeah. You
0: don't that, have that's to just fight what you hate. Yeah, yeah between yeah, fighting out of anger and fighting to save your home or to save what you love, That's that's the difference. That's the thing. In the prequels, I think that that's different between like creating an army to go off to war is different than the Ewoks and the Gungans defending their home. You know, the Ewoks and the Gungans were fighting to to defend what they loved versus the clone army going out to to kill people, you know, like it. and, And maybe it's too final point, but I. It, there is a line somewhere in there where you're. It's a difference between striking out of anger and striking out of defense. And uh, I have so much to say about that, especially since Luke brought it up. When Luke said, "No, strike me out of anger, and I'll always be with you." That, that's such a good Star Wars theme, and I like that somebody finally said it because that's that's what I've been saying about Darth Maul and Qui Gon all along. That the reason Darth Maul was able to persevere and keep dogging Obi Wan was because Obi Wan killed him out of anger, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, it, it, and then it wasn't until Twin Suns when Obi Wan was finally able to kill Maul out of defense. Like, and then that was what let Maul go. Like, I've been saying it: you can't, not even a Jedi, you're not allowed. Not even the good guys. The good guys aren't allowed to kill out of anger because that that just doesn't work. That doesn't resolve conflict. Oh, and and then Rose Rose got it. She said it. It was beautiful.
1: Did um. Mhm. All right, let's talk about the big dogs. Do the big Luke, dogs,
0: Luke or Leia. Oh, both. <laughs> uh, were you glad to see them reunited? I mean, obviously you were glad, but like, what did your heart do <laughs> when they were reunited?
1: It was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I heard the soundtrack before I saw the movie. So, mm-hmm. like, when I got to that part and heard the Luke and Leia theme, it, it just made my heart soar. So, like, when I got to see it on the um, screen, it it I, it was another sobbing moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Where it was just so emotional because... <laughs> we didn't get to Luke and Han reunion reunion and it's the last time that Luke could be on screen for with Leia so like i wanted that so much for this film um so i you know, like like that was one scene i i, I needed in this fi- film
0: yeah me too yep i just needed them to say goodbye that was so important <laughs> It was catharsis, and it was closure in a lot of ways, some much-needed closure. Ah, I
1: I didn't say that far.
0: Oh, I do. Like, yeah, with Luke and Leia, if they had never reunited, and I had to live with the fact that they could never reunite, like, not even with Luke as a Force ghost, because, you know, because Carrie Fisher's gone, I I don't think I would have been able to handle it, but having that moment was closure to me, because I know it'll be okay. do you you feel like
1: you have closure with leia
0: i i do i do in a way because she i'm gonna start crying oh my gosh (laughs) because she said we have we have what we need you know
1: yeah yeah i do know
0: and so to think that all of this dies no one I'm sorry. I'm starting to cry. Oh, my gosh. You're allowed and, to
1: cry. It's not a uh, bad
0: thing. And and Luke's saying, you know, no one ever leaves us. And he says it to her, and yeah. knowing that she's gone, but she can't be gone. And then she looks at Ray and tells us that we have what we need. Like, we're going to be okay without her. Yeah. You know? And that was the perfect way to to leave us with Leia. Oh, I'm crying so hard. Yeah, that was. I would have liked to see her character arc culminate. Obviously, obviously, I, I didn't want to lose her. And obviously, I could have watched so many more movies with her. Yeah. But when you talk about the real world and do I, as a person, have closure with Leia? Yeah, in a way, in the best way that I can, in the only way that I can in these circumstances the combination of Luke telling me that that no one ever leaves us and her saying that we're going to be okay without her we have what we need
1: well, that's it's, beautiful it's still good like, yeah it's like, beautiful i did not see that like yeah. it did not resonate with me the way it did with you i when i saw this in the first film like that was one thing that i was heartbroken that i didn't get is closure with leia like i felt like there were so many opportunities they could have culminated her storyline in this film and they didn't do that they like at the first scene when she gets sucked out into space like they could have done it then but then that would that was the beginning of the movie and instead of, like, her dying in space, we got her using the Force, and that was beautiful.
0: Like, Oh, that was amazing. And they started playing her theme, and yeah. she was beautiful. I'm sorry. Just, like, side note right here. I was sitting in the theater. I mean, at first I just went, I went, what? What? Like, I couldn't believe it. I verbalized out loud what. Like, I kind of gasped it. But then on the inside, I just started screaming, like, Luke Skywalker never did this. (laughs) Like, Luke Skywalker can suck it. Can be like, oh, my God. (laughs) uh, Leia got her, like, her moment of force badassery. Like, what did Luke do? He lifted a couple rocks. Sure. (laughs) Leia Leia flew through space. Yeah. but so, so you were hoping for closure in kind of a more character sense where you, you wanted to see that
1: yes the end of
0: her character. It it almost would have been a relief to see her die yes. at the beginning of the movie like that because
1: Or th- it, I thought yeah. that they could have done it with Holdo, like they mm-hmm. could have put her on the ship instead of Holdo and she could have been the one to sacrifice herself. Like I I thought that there were two opportunities they could have Ended I... her character arc in this movie and given us closure, but now she's still alive, and mm-hmm. now i I'm afraid of what the future holds. I have fear um i it's okay them to... it's
0: okay to be afraid, you know, yeah,
1: I want them to do a time jump now for nine
0: mm-hmm
1: to give them enough excuse for Leia to die off screen in between mm-hmm. eight and nine.
0: Or be gone, or, or something in in some way. I, I agree. I think that is what will happen. There'll be a, a time jump or, and some sort of novel or expanded material where where we see the the death of Leia. Um, but a, as far as just yeah, me watching this movie, I I am kind of glad that she didn't uh, die. That her parting words to us were these words of reassurance and hope. Yeah. I am really satisfied in in that way, but but I do understand why why you craved it narratively, you know. I I get that, but in I get very meta when I watch things and I start like drawing connections to other things in real life, things that you know. Like like of course I I can't watch Carrie Fisher, I can't watch Princess Leia without thinking about Carrie Fisher, and so when she looked at Ray and said, "We have what we need." I I felt such catharsis from that because because I I knew that that Carrie was gone, but in a way she was reaching out to me and telling me I was going to be all right, you know.
1: Yeah, like that is just <laughs> seeing that through your eyes just totally changes how I see all that. So
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you
1: for sharing that with me. I I do oh. appreciate
0: it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, I just yeah I cried pretty hard. <laughs>
1: I thought it was perfect that her original Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope, is what motivated Luke to train Rey.
0: That made me cry that, yep, I couldn't. But <laughs> She was like, this is our most desperate hour. Like, yeah, that made me cry. It was just so good to see her... And, and yeah, it was really important that that was what pulled Luke at least partway up out of his, out of his doubt and sadness and depression. It was hearing Leia's voice because it was that call at, at the very beginning of the saga that, that, it called him to be a hero. It called him to help her. Yeah, you know, I, gosh, I was watching that scene and I was like, Luke, the rebellion needs you. She, they need your help. She needs your help. Like, <laughs> you know. All I, right, uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, right. That's that's what I was doing in in my head. I was doing that, and and then of course he can't he can't ignore. You know, of course there's that part of Luke that all oh, I can't get involved. You know, I got chores to do. He's got. He's got space giraffes to milk. <laughs> I can take
1: you as far as Anchorhead.
0: <laughs> right? But no. So Yeah, well, that's basically what he offers to Ray. He offers to take her as far as Anchorhead. He's like, I'll give you three lessons, and that's it. Yeah. But then, of course, he comes through at the end. How oh, freaking loved... funny
1: is oh. the feel the
0: force? Oh, right? Do you oh, feel oh that? Gosh. Do you feel you that? Feel, just like he played it off so well, but he's like, yeah, yeah, you feel it? Like. <laughs> And I'm just like, at the same time, I was like, "What am I watching?" And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, he learned from Yoda, right? Yeah, right. Okay, this makes sense. He learned from Yoda. Mystery solved."
1: The perfect teacher.
0: Oh. <laughs> sure. Come
1: on now, we, we just pontificated about how wise Yoda is.
0: Right. Yeah, and he'll also like jerk you around for the first five minutes, like.
1: <laughs> All right. Fine.
0: How awesome was it when Luke, like, begins the story being all like, what did you think was going to happen? That I was going to pull out a laser sword and walk out in front of the entire First Order, and then that's exactly what he does?
1: Oh, yeah, he does.
0: Oh, my gosh, Luke. Luke.
1: Did you like the hand the tossing the saber behind his back, like, I don't want this?
0: Oh, I loved it I loved it because it set up what I think was a very important theme of this movie which was like expectations versus reality yeah. it, it, okay more than that it was about uh, payoff you know you build up these th- things in your head and you have an idea of how things are gonna go like ooh Ray just handed Luke Skywalker this legendary saber his father's saber none no, and no, no, all this stuff that What's going to be the dramatic next line? And it's like, no. The same thing as Snoke and Ray. Like, oh, who's Snoke? Who's, he's going to be super important. You know, oh, maybe he was Darth Plagueis. Oh, maybe he was. <laughs> some guy from the EU. And so it's going to open up the old Republic. Like Snoke is going to be our gateway into opening a, a, an old Republic series of films. And it's just like, no, he's, it doesn't matter. Get him out of my story. Like, you know, Oh, who are raised parents? They must be super important. Maybe she's Qui Gon Jinn's baby. Like who knows? No, it doesn't matter. Like Luke throwing that Skywalker, that, that Skywalker saber over his shoulder was, I think the, the first hint that, all these things that we've built up in our head it it doesn't matter like look at the actual story and not what you've built it up to be not what you've dreamed it to be you know stop looking at these legends that's the story stop looking at the legends and start looking at what it is you know
1: who they are and
0: who they are yes the real person both good and and bad the the
1: successes and the flaws
0: yeah, and even the Jedi too. The Jedi became legends, but stop looking at what the Jedi, what you think the Jedi are, the the big legend, and look at what they really were—failure and all. Like, that's the movie.
1: <laughs> were you sad that Luke died, or were you? Well, let me. Before I get there, mm-hmm. were you mm-hmm. surprised mm-hmm. with the for, the force projection of Luke still on Octu and projecting would, himself? Yes.
0: I was surprised because I I, I I thought something was up when Luke first appeared to Leia. I did not think he was actually there. I thought it was a mental force link, which then it turned out to be. Because of the way everybody went still all around Luke and Leia, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is just like Kylo and Rey's force Skype call. <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay, so that's what's going on. He's not really here. He's just mentally linked with Leia. I'm like, okay, that's cool, that's fine. But then he handed her the dice, dice, the Millennium Falcon dice, and I'm like, wait, he can't actually hand her something, so he must really be there. And then he saw th- C-3PO and winked at him, and I'm like, okay, well he can't force Link with a droid, but apparently he can. Like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, so he must really be there. But then I started getting really annoyed, like actually like angry in my seat, because I'm like, okay, He must have taken a shower because his hair is way more brown. And also he stops to get a haircut because his hair is way shorter. I'm like, Luke, you just had a whole speech about vanity and you stopped to get a haircut on your way here. Okay.
1: it's, (laughs) It's shorter. He's wearing a different outfit.
0: Yeah, and then I got and then I got mad again when uh when he pulled out the Skywalker saber and I'm like, didn't we just break that or did, are we just going to be lazy enough that you, that your hilt just happens to look like the Skywalker saber? Okay. Yeah. Like I started getting like really upset about the scene and then oh, he's not actually there. It is a force link and I I was so blown away. Like <laughs> I was so I was so ready to be mad and nitpick. Like I did, was, I was blinded by my anger.
1: <laughs> did you want his saber to be the Luke Sky, the Anakin Skywalker blue one, or did you want it to be the Return of the Jedi green one?
0: Um, I don't know if I had a preference. I, I, I one, I was mad that he was picking up a lightsaber in the first place because kind of the point of the original six film saga was that it took six movies for a Jedi to put down his lightsaber. Yeah. And, and I thought it was just really important that Luke laid down arms, and so I didn't, I didn't want to see him pull out a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But then I, I got what I wanted. Luke doesn't pull out a lightsaber in this movie. I mean, he does in the flashback, but it's shown as a really bad thing. Yeah. The fact that Luke ignited his lightsaber against Kylo is a bad thing, and it had bad consequences. Mm-hmm. So I, lo- I love that. I love that any time Luke actually pulled out a lightsaber, it was shown as no, no, no lightsabers don't solve problems you know yeah and so I was just upset yeah I was upset that he was pulling out a lightsaber and I was upset that he it was a lightsaber that we saw get torn in half you know or or at least it was like a replica of it I I didn't really know I was just kind of like like I said blinded by my anger and I wasn't sure what I was feeling or what I was watching but then it was all okay in the end because he wasn't really there you know, he he approached the conflict in his own way, in his own very awesome Luke Skywalker way.
1: I, I saw his force projection to be very mm-hmm. similar to what Yoda does in Rebels with Ezra on Lothal.
0: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: Because Yoda's on Dagobah, and yet he projects himself to appear to Ezra in the temple on Lothal um, mm-hmm. while he's still alive. So, like... I feel like we've seen it before in Rebels of what Mm -hmm. Luke did. Do you feel like Luke had to die at the end of this movie?
0: Did he have to? No, because you can write a story to do whatever you want. (laughs) But am I satisfied? Yes. Am I kind of... I'm kind of glad that he got such a peaceful end, you know, not, not every character I think should, should go in like a huge blaze of glory, you know? Sure. I am glad that that kind of like Yoda, the sun just set on his time one day, you know, like Yoda just one day was like, Oh yeah, night must fall. You know, it, it happens to everybody. And he was okay with that. And it was so beautiful and, Moving the way Luke just stared at the sunset, gonna yeah. start crying again. It's like, okay. Oh, it it I was satisfied. I mean, to answer your question, I don't think he had to die, but I am relieved that Luke Skywalker got a peaceful end. He deserved it after everything Luke's been through. That I think that was the best way to go.
1: So, do you think mm-hmm. he died from just being his night had fallen, like he had reached? the end of his life or do you think that he died from his confrontation with ben or the force projection
0: um i think i think yes the force projection took a lot out of him um kylo made it clear that you had to be immensely powerful to do that and that even the attempt would probably kill ray i don't know how much we should believe kylo but i i believe I, I believe him that that this is a huge feat, w- what Luke did. So I believe it took a lot out of him. But I do think it was mostly just that his time had come, and he had fulfilled his purpose and done what he needed to do. he had he's given so much to this galaxy, you know, he's given us everything, and the least we can do is just let him go. You know, let him let him rest, yeah, honestly. <laughs> And and like I said, it really did feel like the best way because he just got to stare off at the sunset. I can't think of
1: did you anywhere he'd rather be. Did you see suns?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was two suns up there. I didn't. I didn't realize that um, Octo had two suns, but I it's don't really think nice. It does you don't? No. Do you think he was kind of forcing himself to, to relive look relive that
1: moment tattooing? of the binary sunset? Yeah.
0: Hmm, like maybe kind of mentally projecting himself to Tatooine?
1: No, like, well,
0: like <gasps> Oh my god, no, straight up though. What if he did mentally project himself to Tatooine thus fulfilling Han Solo's prophecy of you're going to die here, you know? Boom! Boom! Yeah, I just blew your mind, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Han Solo said. I know. Like, oh, oh Return right. Of
1: the Jedi, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, I just I just cracked this movie wide open. <laughs>
1: all right, all right.
0: <laughs> it was it was very beautiful. I felt emotionally fulfilled watching watching Luke stare off at the suns, and because that that was all I could think of when when Luke saw that that first sun going down. I didn't even really think about the binary sunset though. I guess I should have. The first thing that popped to my mind was Yoda saying night must fall. Yeah. And but then but then when it was revealed that there are two suns and they're setting and then of course his music started to swell the binary sunset. I that's of course when I went, "Oh, oh, of course this is Luke's happy place." Like yeah. it's Oh, wow. Wow. What a scene. Just well done. Well done, everyone. Good job.
1: <laughs> okay, I hope everyone has, like followed all of our conversations how they've ebbed and flowed and taken several turns.
0: Um, <laughs> much like much like this movie.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Hold mm-hmm. on to your butts. Um <laughs> we uh tweet tweeted stuff out this week or sure. today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, asking for uh our listeners' responses to The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And we got a few of those. Do you want to read some of those? Do you want me to read one?
0: Um I can yeah, I can read some. Uh, we did. We got one email. I want to save that for last, and it's quite long. I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing, but I do want to pick out some highlights from that for us to talk about. Okay. But let's start with let's start with tweets. Do you want to read any of the tweets, or should you want me to just go through them? I do love to read. You know that I love reading the stuff out loud.
1: If you love reading, I don't want to rob you of that. But if you oh, want me I to do. read one, I, I I'll do that.
0: No, I love it. I love. I I actually love sitting down and reading stories out loud. I, I do that a lot. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right, so this is from uh, uh, our friend Andy, good friend of the show, uh, who is at SW Ramblings on Twitter, uh, just Star Wars ramblings. So obviously, has a lot of Star Wars feels uh, about this movie. Andy says, I'm all kinds of messed up. Lots of, quote, what the, wait, what? How did, ah, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm seeing it again tonight, but I'm pretty sure it's my favorite Star Wars film. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you Same. really captured the emotion of that tweet. I, I'm I'm rather impressed.
0: Oh, what the what? Ah, no, I like that was my reaction too. Like when Leia started flying through space, that I think Andy just perfectly wrote down, he just, you know, wrote what I was saying as I was saying it. Like, he was sitting behind me, not really, but, like, in the theater, like, sitting behind me, like, catching my reactions, because obviously it's very important. <laughs> like, yeah. he's not there to watch the movie. He's there to write down all the gems that I say. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, but, yeah, I, oh, I don't know if this is my favorite Star Wars movie, because, again, The Phantom Menace has so much nostalgic... Cash with me, and a lot of yeah, just a a lot of personal stuff for me is wrapped up in the Phantom Menace, like Darth Maul, Maul Qui Gon Darth, Darth Maul, Darth, Darth Maul. Maul Darth... Yeah, well, yeah. The first okay, out of ten, like the first eight things on the list are Darth Maul, and then but then also Qui Gon yeah, <laughs> and Qui Gon yeah, and Padme, yes, yes. <laughs> but oh, but I love I love the Last Jedi. The more and more that I watch it, I I think I like it more than TFA. I think. I think I have to give them both a fair shot. I have to sit with them both a little, you know, a little longer before I decide who wins between TFA and The Last Jedi. But, but good gosh, The Last Jedi is, is amazing. Uh, What do you think? Is it your new favorite Star Wars film?
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe like it it really is. uh, It might be. I, I've only seen it once I will see it again tomorrow night and after tomorrow night I'll probably be able to tell you more but <clears throat> I loved this film um, and I think a lot of the reasons I love the film is our podcast like yeah, you've helped me see so many things about this that like I would not have seen by myself um and, and being able to talk about it going into it um it just has primed me to, like, take this in and for it to resonate in my soul. But um, mm-hmm. I I love this film a ton, um, and it will, I'll probably talk a lot more about it. Like, we didn't get into the Force mythology as much. That was the craziness that happened on Octo.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, yeah, all of that. <laughs>
1: but um, I redid my list, and I was... Very surprised that I feel like A New Hope fell a ton when I'm kind of honest. Like A New Hope is like almost one of the last films I rewatch because maybe I know it so well or I'm just not a beginning of the story fan. I like the second act and third act a lot more than the first act. Okay. But yeah, well maybe
0: yeah, you'll have to give it another watch and then and then come at it new. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is another uh Twitter response from Jim Schmidt Jones saying this was the Star Wars movie we needed. It was fun but very bold. I had some problems, but overall, I am impressed. Nice. Yeah, good thoughts. Good thoughts. I fun and very bold, I think <laughs> summarizes it well.
1: Uh, Ryan Johnson uh, yeah, took fun. so many risks with this film.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just so much so much of it was just crazy and and again like just unexpected that it, it, you kind of sit back and I think if I was writing it I would go oh, I can't do that, like, for all these arbitrary reasons in my head. Oh, that's too crazy. Oh, you know, you can't, you can't do that. Like, audiences won't accept it. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I'm writing this. I can kind of do, why, why can't you do this? Why couldn't Leia fly through space? You know? <laughs> Give me one good actual reason why Leia can't fly through space. You know? Darth Maul survived in the garbage for 10 years with no legs uh, and no internal organs, <laughs> Leia can survive in space through 10 seconds okay like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying so yeah just fun very bold What did, do you think this movie was too funny because yes this movie is very very fun and a, but some people are saying that it's perhaps too fun too funny what do you think about that
1: no because I think there's there's story behind a lot of the comedy like as you were saying The Luke, like people have argued, that Luke chucking the lightsaber behind his back is off color and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: disrespectful, and all this other stuff. And I, I think that it does serve a purpose of what you expect isn't always going to be what you get, and Mm -hmm. um, meeting your heroes doesn't always go as you wanted to. Um, so I think that a lot of the comedy had purpose. I think that there's purpose in making Hucks the butt of the jokes in this film. <laughs> when you mm-hmm. when you have the you will bow to the first order in the first one and mm-hmm. now he's the butt of the jokes. It 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 definitely flushes out his character and makes him more three dimensional.
0: Oh yeah. Oh certainly. And I think it, it makes Hux more endearing in a way, you know? You kind of can't help but love the the guy that gets jerked around all the time, you know? Yeah. At least I can't. I always love the, the funny characters. No. But, um, yeah, I, I loved the comedy in this movie. Again, Star Wars is for children, or at least we have to be able to share Star Wars with children. And I know that kids are just going to be delighted by the humor in this movie, you know? Yeah. And then I also want to remind people that Jar Jar got farted on and stepped in poop. So, Did like, you see the
1: giant like... <laughs> pile of poop that head or Finn almost put his head in?
0: Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> I've yes. seen this movie twice, and I've somehow managed to miss. There's father <laughs>
1: poop that Finn's oh, head no. almost goes in oh, no. in this film. Yes. Oh,
0: gosh. Okay, well, yeah, so that's not un-Star <laughs> Wars that, you know, Lucas – signed off on every single one of those Jar Jar Poodoo jokes. And so I think it, Star Wars is allowed to be funny, okay? Star Wars is allowed to be a little immature and kind of take the piss out of itself a little bit.
1: We've oh gone my gosh. through so many emotions, like <laughs> the sorrow and like the loss in this movie. If they didn't have comedy to give some levity, it would be too heavy. Like, Yeah, sometimes oh my
0: gosh. I can't tell you how much I needed when Luke sits down and begins to speak to Leia and she goes, oh, I know what you're going to say. I changed my hair. I needed that. I needed that so bad. I needed (laughs) Leia to make a little joke and just kind of tool Luke around a little bit. It was, yeah, a lot of, I feel a lot of this comedy in the movie was needed. I I do understand the complaint when some people are like, well, you kind of took the gravitas out of that scene. Well, maybe it needed to be lightened a little bit. Maybe we can't just be sad all the time. Yeah. Like, we need some laughs. I, I loved that part where that one Imperial officer turned to Hux and said, I think, I believe he's tooling with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, I didn't.
1: Hux. <laughs> right? I hadn't figured that out myself.
0: Oh, I need to pull out my tiny little Hux. He's sitting like inside one of my desk drawers, but he needs to actually like sit up on the desk because you've earned it, Hux. You earned, you earned desk time. <laughs> You're just so amazing. Like whenever I'm, a, I'm like really high on a character, that character you know needs to be prominently displayed on my desk with you know all the toys. Like <laughs> there he is. <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> He's staring at me. Power to the first order. Okay. Well, yes. Well, thank you, Jim Smith-Jones, for that comment. Thank you so much. And also, thank you, Andy. I hadn't thanked you before. Uh, I'm going to move on to Peshta's comment, also on Twitter. This is our last one from Twitter. And Peshta says, I loved this movie. It didn't give us a moment to breathe, just awesomeness from start to finish. I loved the four Skype calls between Ben and Ray and the way it widened the scope of the force. Also, Feelings, same. All the feels. Feelings, all the feels. I just run the gamut of feels. Also, yes, I'm joining you, Peshta, on the whole just team <laughs> Skype calls. <laughs> I, I'm shipping it. I'm here, and just I guess even even if I didn't ship it, though, I can't imagine those scenes are still really compelling because Ray and Kylo are such strong characters. And it was just fascinating to see them go from, like, shooting each other on site to sitting down and having a really open, vulnerable conversation about how alone they are and how they could, oh, yeah. you know, possibly lift each other up and help each other. You know, when when he just, Ray says, I've never felt more alone. And Kylo says, you're not alone. Well, like, oh, gosh. Oh. He said, yeah.
1: like she doesn't matter to other people. Cause she's not a no one, but mm-hmm. he's like, but you matter to me. Yeah. Like that Gosh, was that another like,
0: Oh yeah. That got me hard. That got me really hard because in so many ways, that's what Ray has been looking for. It, it's at the same time, what she's, feared and what she so desperately wants she's afraid of being no one and being worthless and unwanted and unloved she is so afraid of being nothing and she believed for so long that she needed someone to lift her up like she in herself was not enough she needed a legend like luke skywalker to turn her from nothing into something and so for you know uh ben to offer her but you're not nothing to me. Yeah, I I want you. I you know he he wants her around, needs her. You know all this stuff. He is offering her the acceptance and the belonging that she has wanted for so long. He is. But the of course,
1: that's in front yeah, of her, right. Not behind.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least at least that's how he's presenting himself. But of course, you know, Ray can't be can't be part of his kingdom of evil. You know, kind of like Padme. She's like, oh no, don't <laughs> don't. You're going down a path I can't follow, Anakin. You're breaking my heart. Like, oh gosh, that. So yeah, that hit me real hard when when Ren offered, when Ben. I want to I want to start calling him Ben, but it's hard because <laughs> you know I want to believe that that's who he really is. He's still Ben Solo. Yeah. When he when he offered Ray what she has been looking for, it oh it hit me. Oh gosh. Oh. I, it's hard <laughs> i would like to
1: see them like kind of push for some academy awards for adam oh. and luke mhm and also like ray would be up there too like it's just
0: all of them yeah yeah i
1: thought that this is this cast is so good at acting like they're yeah. f- way better than yeah
0: yeah oh gosh these yeah these were all amazing performances i haven't even i haven't even talked about dj i want to talk about dj so bad i have thoughts and feelings about dj that are a lot stronger than i thought they would be like oh what were you gonna say
1: we're talking again in three days
0: oh yeah i know okay but remind me let's write it down i have thoughts about dj Okay. Oh, I need, I need his toy now. Also, like I need. Oh, I have so many feelings about DJ. Uh, All right, <laughs> yeah.
1: Were they positive or negative?
0: They are. You'll see. You'll see. I just have thoughts. I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> because I think he's a really important character, what? especially. Yeah. No, he's not really important. Like, oh, who are his parents? Like, is he a secret Skywalker? No. Not that kind of important, but he, much like Rose, is super important in culminating Finn's arc, and this movie wouldn't be the same without him. And I am so done and frustrated with everybody who is saying that you could have cut out Count Doe and DJ was pointless. Why did we need him? You know what? I'm just going to go in here All now. Fine. I'm going to do it now. Go you ahead. know why we need a DJ? We need a DJ because he is our cautionary tale for Finn. He is what Finn would have become... If you know, if Finn hadn't decided to to choose a side, that was the culmination of Finn's arc. Was finally picking a side, becoming you know he looks down at Phasma and calls himself rebel scum. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. I I actually I I had this fight. You know, I was texting again and it was all like defending DJ. So I'm just gonna read you what I wrote because again I just like I was so proud of what I wrote because I went off defending DJ. Um. Oh, oh, okay. So this person said, uh, oh, I hated that Finn's arc was exactly the same. He, you know, had to learn to stop running. And I said, I disagree, especially with all the stuff you said about Finn. His arc was not the same. In the first movie, he learned how to care about one person. In this movie, he learned to fight for a cause. He also learned the difference between fighting back out of anger and saving what you love. Finn did a lot of growing in this one, Doing a, do in a large part in Rose, sorry, due in a large part to Rose, but also in large part to DJ, who was what Finn would become if he didn't learn to choose a side. Because DJ wasn't a bad person, he gave Rose back her necklace and showed that he was capable of small personal relationships, just like Finn with Ray. But DJ refuses to pick a side in this war, just wants to look after himself and perhaps a few select people. Finn's arc culminates when he learns to fight, live, and die for a cause. So that, yeah, that's DJ. Finn wouldn't have learned that if not for DJ. You know, um, Finn and and DJ have conversations where DJ's like, hey, let me learn you something big. Don't get involved, don't pick a side. Which is what Finn's been doing all along. Yeah, he cares about individual people. And yeah, it, it didn't make him a bad person to want to run and to take care of the people that he cared about, but... He couldn't, he has to pick a side. He knows the difference between right and wrong and good and evil. And it, that's what Finn did. He, he finally chose to stand up for what was right. And that was so important, you know. And, and that's because of DJ, honestly.
1: I saw DJ's character as very similar to Han in A New Hope. Like, he's a basic scoundrel looking out for himself. Like, when they get caught on the the base, I th- I think he just saw an opportunity to profit and to get his to save his own skin. Do you know what I
0: mean? Mm, sure, but then at the same time, he had BB eight and he had his own ship. He could have just flown away. There was lots of money on that ship. He didn't necessarily need the payday that that Rose and Finn were offering him for helping out. Like he could have done well enough on his own, but I think he did. uh, Again, I think DJ is capable of small personal relationships. You know, he gave Rose back her necklace only because he knew how much it meant to her. Mm. So you're right. Kind of like Han Solo, who learned to care about Luke and Leia before he learned to care about a cause. I do see a lot of similarities there between Han and DJ, but that's probably because I see a lot of similarities between Han and Finn. And then, so if Finn is like Han and DJ is like Finn, then of course, like all all of these characters are going to share similarities. They have similarities in their arc, but, um, you know, where Han started off as the guy that's just going to look after himself, uh, dj's the guy who looks at both sides of this war and is just like well you both look the same to me good and bad are made up words that's what he says to finn good and bad are made up words he doesn't see the the difference between the first order and the and the resistance but finn does finn knows who the bad guys are and who the good guys are and he's gonna stop trying to be in the middle and stop trying to run away and pick a side yeah and, fight for the side. Yeah, and pick a side Mm
1: -hmm. So do you think DJ is the sequel trilogy's Lando for better? Do you think DJ is going to return in episode nine?
0: I think he could. I also think it was a huge mistake to give him Ezra's scar, you know, because I was so distracted by that. Admittedly, yes, um, DJ's scar is on the opposite cheek as Ezra's scar, but they're identical. You know, it's the two horizontal, you know, swipes across his cheek, you know, right under his eye. And so I couldn't stop looking at it and I couldn't stop thinking of him as Ezra. Yeah. And I hated it cuz I wanted to appreciate DJ as DJ and not be going, "Oh, is he a secret Jedi?" You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like I think that was such a huge mistake. Give him his own distinct scar. Um, if they did decide to do that in, in episode nine, pull him in and be all like, surprise, he was Ezra. Like, what? <laughs> like, they won't do that. They would, No, they won't do that. Also, they would have some splainin' to do for how Ezra got from point A to point B. You know, how did he get here? Yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah, I feel like uh, DJ could come back. Um, he would have some growing and, you know, much like Finn, some, some character development to do. But I would also not be surprised if we were just done with him. But but that said, even if he doesn't come back, I don't feel like he was a worthless character in this movie. Uh, not just, you know, of course, for his code-breaking skills, but just as our cautionary tale for Finn and for Finn to see what he would become if he kept down this path. That was a real turning point for Finn, a real catalyst for him. And that was so, so, so important. I, I loved it. I loved it. I love DJ in this movie. Love it.
1: A lot of people are yeah. underwhelmed by him, but once uh, again, that's... I think you see yeah. things that people don't see. Like I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people see the parallel, the cautionary tale of Finn in DJ's yeah. story.
0: Yeah, well I would I would just ask them to watch it again and to hear the things that DJ says to Finn when he tells Finn, Don't pick a side, you know, all all this stuff. I would I would just ask them to watch it again. That's what I say when when people are like, Oh, I hate the prequels. I don't get the prequels. I'm like, watch them again. You know, keep an open mind. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's, cool. uh, yeah, let's move on to our last bit of feedback. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is from our good friend, Andy, who uh, after, uh, after sending us uh, Twitter feedback was like, wait, I can email you guys. And then kindly did. Yes. You guys email us. If you have character, if you, sorry, if you have thoughts that are longer than the character limit on Twitter, I love it. I love reading this stuff. Uh, and I love, you know, saying it out loud on the podcast. It's tons of fun. Um, Andy had quite a bit to say, starting with, ah, I love this movie, all caps, (laughs) tons of exclamation points. Love it, Andy. Thank you. I love the enthusiasm. Bring it. Just bring all the enthusiasm. Uh, He says, um, oh gosh, lots of things. He broke it down into sections for us, like uh, um, about uh, Finn and Rose. Saying, I can't even articulate why I love their dynamic. I just did. It felt real. It felt more real than most Star Wars relationships. And Rose's Rescue of Finn gave us the best line in the film, in my opinion. Quote, we don't win by destroying what we hate. We win by saving what we love. Oh my ah, gosh, that's so That good. was so good. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> what Andy wrote. He wrote, ah, that was so good. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Andy. And oh, thank you so much for sticking up for Finn and Rose's relationship because again, I just don't feel it, but I really wanna hear from people who do. Like, absolutely make a shipper out of me. I want to understand, you know? So yes, it, it's so interesting to hear from somebody who really gets and loves their dynamic. Like, yes, thank you so much for that, Andy. Um, also says Leia I'm not a loud person in the theater I'm usually really reserved and I just abjor- absorb the film but the moment when Leia force pulled herself to the door was the first time of many when this movie made me freak out audibly <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leia yes. has the force
0: like, Yeah. that's
1: kind of important like
0: oh yes uh... oh my gosh okay I'm gonna read three more things from Andy uh, Andy says, "Ray and Kylo. As a thoroughly anti-Raylo fan, I loved how they handled the Force Connect calls, <laughs> allowing people like me to see no romance in the connection while letting the Rayloers have an open door." Yeah. Okay. No. I again, like, I don't. I, I am Raylo, obviously, very pro Raylo, and I I am interested in what non-Raylos think of those interactions because to me. As I've discussed at length tonight, I saw so much tension in those reactions, in those interactions. So much chemistry, just it—it it really seemed to me like some sort of romance was building between them. And I'm so interested. I—I I do like how Andy says that that he likes how those scenes were handled because even he doesn't like Raylo, so he was able to watch those scenes without any romance. Right without reading romance into it while at the same time obviously i got a ton of romance out of it that is very very interesting um i I guess it really does just depend on your on your point of view right
1: it's more about the viewer and less about the Mm -hmm. actual content of the scene
0: yeah it's what
1: what do you bring into the scene is what that's fair sway it one way or another
0: I have to, I yeah, I, I want to talk to Andy more because and, I, I would love to understand how he doesn't see romance in, in a scene where Ray looks at Kylo shirtless and is so obviously uncomfortable with how attractive he is. Like, why would that be in the movie? No, this is an honest question I have, is like, why would that be in the movie if we weren't trying to build up sexual tension between these two, you know? So... So yeah, that that's just a question I have, and I would love to hear more thoughts uh, if, if any of our listeners, you know, don't like Raylo and, and can approach the the topic in a in a non hateful, non judgmental way. You know, in a not in a you hate Raylo, so you're disgusting. You know, th- those aren't the kinds of comments I'm yeah, interested no, in. But yeah. if it's like, yeah, exactly. If it's like, well, I don't see Raylo, and here's why. I love to have that conversation. Absolutely, any like, day.
1: Like the touch. Like how is mm-hmm. the touch not intimate?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: We will be recording very shortly, so if you want to send us another email, feel free, and we can yeah, discuss absolutely. this further very soon.
0: Yes, any of our listeners want to send in more thoughts? Yes, please do. We will, we will have another last Jedi conversation very, very soon. Next, next week, in fact, we'll, we'll. Yes, send us your thoughts. <laughs> um. Oh. Okay. Uh, two more things from Andy uh, about Ray's parents. Oh. Oh no! I can't hold it back. The dickish fanboy is too strong. <laughs> I called it. <laughs> I bleep called it. <laughs> they they are no one. <laughs> I was right. People called me crazy, but I was right. No, okay, no, seriously. I do like that they're moving away from the quote-unquote chosen one stuff and letting just random people be their own heroes. Well said, Andy. Yes! <laughs> That's how I was feeling about the no one. I don't know, Brian. I don't feel like I, I asked you earlier how how you felt about her being no one. Were you were you kind of hoping for more, or are you just like, hey, whatever about it?
1: I'm open to the story. I I think mm-hmm. that her being no one and Kylo Ren being the expectations out the wazoo, like the the contrast there, I, I like it a lot because yeah. you can. T- it's it's basically light and dark it's it's like an opposite um and i think that they're still going to mess with the meaning of the balance of the force in the, in the final chapter of this saga
0: i do i do like what andy says here about um how people called him crazy <laughs> for a uh for saying that Rey was no one. I, I do feel like that was a really unpopular theory. A lot of people wanted her to be a Skywalker, a Solo, or a Kenobi. You know, that those were the really popular theories because I think people people were lurking so hard for Rey to fit into the story and to, to be, almost for her to be as powerful as she is, it had to be because she was descended from great Jedi. And... I kind of love that we have flipped that notion on its head that nobody can become somebody just all on their own and and build themselves up you know just based on their own choices and their own hard work honestly and that Ray has a place in this story and it doesn't it's not because of whose blood she has so I, I do. I, I relate to you, Andy. I I feel like, yes, before this movie came out, people wanted so, so bad for Ray to be someone. And, and yeah, it wasn't popular at all to, to be, to say that she was no one. So yeah, I really, yeah, I relate. Last little parting comment from Andy was: Overall, I loved this film. And if you, the listener, didn't like it, I'm sorry. I really hope that you can find things that you love. And I can't wait for episode nine. Keep up the great work, guys, and have a great one. Thank you, Andy. Oh, that was very sweet. Thank you so much for the comments. Uh, Sorry, we didn't read it all. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, and and I agree. If I know that The Last Jedi is a little contentious right now. People are, are trying to figure out how they feel about it and figure out how it ranks in their, you know, overall, uh, you know, ranking of Star Wars movies. And it, it it's a tough time because we're all kind of, emotionally raw and so if you didn't like it I, I really hope that there will be another Star Wars thing that you do love uh, or or at least I hope that maybe after a few more viewings you uh, will uh, maybe like this movie more
1: yeah. maybe some of our discussions will help you see things you didn't see before
0: yeah that would be nice oh that would warm my heart so much if somebody was like oh you know I I appreciate this movie more after after you guys yeah. talked about it yeah. And Brian, yeah, when you said that earlier that I helped you kind of see the, the Leia stuff in a different light. You know, yes, that warms my heart so much. I'm I'm really glad.
1: Like it it totally does because I was I was bummed about two things about this movie. And mm-hmm. the they were yeah, just two things. Um I did not like the Yoda puppet. I wanted my CGI Yoda back. Um, mm-hmm. and then I wanted closure for Leia and now I really have to rewatch it tomorrow and see if I feel it in yeah. that final scene and I I may f- I finally get the closure that I wanted um looking at it from that perspective so I really appreciate you sharing that with me
0: Yeah I hope yeah I hope it it feel brings warm feelings to your heart
1: <laughs> It probably will but, because yeah. I love this film so so much mm-hmm. um
0: yeah, just think about yeah, when when Leia tells Ray that she has what she needs, they they have everything that they need. Pretend that she's talking to you and telling you that you're going to be all right. You don't you don't need to keep looking for Leia, you know? Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. This movie, this movie. Gosh, messed me up good, messed me up in the best way <sighs> i can't wait to talk to you about it more honestly go to your yes go to your second viewing and then we'll we'll talk to you about it again i'm telling I'm you them... we
1: didn't touch the force mythology and this ancient force text oh my gosh uh, yeah
0: well i'm going to at least one more viewing before we record again uh, possibly two more viewings, and I, I do intend to. I want to um, bring a little notebook into the theater and write down my thoughts. So I'm sure I'll have plenty more to say when <laughs> when we talk again. Okay. And I'm so excited. Like we just spent like almost two hours talking about this movie, and I feel like I I've just scratched the surface. I have so much, so much to say.
1: <laughs> We've. I really hope everyone was able to follow our trains of thought. Um... Mm-hmm. I tried to make them make sense, but (laughs) I'm sure they took a few strange turns at some point or another.
0: Yes. Uh, Well, gosh, I think, I think, yeah, we should just wrap it up here. And of course, thank everybody for listening. Wow. Gosh. Yes. Thank everybody for listening. It, it just makes me so happy to do this podcast and just pour out all of my feelings about the last Jedi. (laughs) Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, Of course, if you want to reach out to Moon Jockeys, you can do so on Twitter at Moon Jockeys Pod. We always love it if you guys send us comments or vote in our polls. I'm sure we'll have a Last Jedi poll up on Monday. Possibly. We'll see. Um, Of course, if you have longer thoughts that you want to share with us, you can email us at um, moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. Brian, if people want to reach out to you personally, where can they do that?
1: At Balls and Play on Twitter and Instagram.
0: (gasps) Lovely, lovely. I'm sure people will do that. And if anybody wants to follow me personally, you can do that at PoeHotDameron on Twitter. Poe's my boy. Oh, gosh. I don't think that handle's ever going to change. My love for Poe has grown (laughs) so much. (laughs) So yeah, that just about wraps things up here for us at Moon Jockeys Podcast. Again, big thanks for everyone listening. If you enjoy the show, it always helps us out if you rate and review us on iTunes. If you say something nice in your comment, I will read it out loud on the air and give you all the kudos in the world.
1: We would really appreciate that.
0: Thanks. We would, yes, please. (laughs) We would very much appreciate it. But until next time, just remember that the Force will be with you.
1: Always.